Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette. Today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, Naperville Preservation Inc., Giving DuPage, and Community Access Naperville, or CAN for short. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now from Naperville Preservation Inc. are Jane Ori Burke and Joe McElroy. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Really glad to have you. Jane, I'm going to start with you. Why is historic preservation important? Well, historic preservation, to quote the National Park Service, is history having a conversation with the future. And historic preservation really allows everyone to get a sense of how the past has brought us to where we are today. And in Naperville, Naperville Preservation Inc. feels that Naperville's built environment really is and continues to be a major factor in Naperville's culture and heritage. So Naperville Preservation Inc. is an independent organization dedicated to raising awareness of the importance of historic preservation in Naperville, which after all is a community that has grown and grown and grown. And so what we're trying to do is remind people of how important that built environment is. It's also important to say we are an independent organization. We are not associated, for example, with the neighbor settlement. We are an independent grassroots organization. We collaborate with everyone, right. but we are independent. Okay, uh, and I like how it's from the history and connecting to the future. That's a very interesting way of, of putting that. Mm -hmm. And so, Joe, I, I would ask you, because the Naperville Preservation Inc.'s been around for five years, uh, talk a little bit about how it's evolved and maybe how its goals and objectives have changed over the years. As is the case with many preservation organizations, it started when a building was threatened. And in our case, it was the old Nichols Library. There was a proposal to basically demolish it. There would have been a few things from, from the facade tucked onto the new building. But anyway, people are very concerned about it. It's very strong architecturally. It's strong historically. Lots of folks spend a lot of time there. Mm -hmm. So it's important to a lot of people to preserve it, especially it's also a very important location. So that's how it started. But and we've also been involved in other situations like that with um, the the mansion at, at the Crayler Mansion, also the uh, YMCA building, the late YMCA building. But we don't want to just do these fire drills, these reactive things. We want to make it proactive to try to encourage a sort of culture where preservation is valued and people understand that it's not just sentimental, it's not just history. Our at least informal motto is progress through preservation. And I think as old Nichols shows, if you want to go to that restaurant tonight, too bad because they're probably booked. The first time we tried <laughs> to go there, we couldn't get in for a couple of days. So that's the kind of thing we want to see more of in the future. And we want to encourage preservation before buildings are threatened. 
Okay. All right. So Jane, talk a little bit about how you're doing that. What, what kinds of, how is that directing your programming? Right. So in, in line with what Joe said, this year we're trying very hard to do sort of continuous education and involvement uh, with our members and to have others join us. For example, every other month we're doing an educational kind of program now. Uh, our next one is on May 24th, and it's called Research Your House. Hmm. So we're trying to teach people how they can find the origins of their home. And it's important to say that we're doing that at a time when an awful lot of homes in Naperville have become eligible to be preserved. Right. You know, when Naperville first passed its historic ordinance back in the 1980s, everybody thought only about things like the historic district. Now, here we are at a time when Mosier Highlands, Maple Brook 1, Maple Brook 2, etc., are all old enough to be considered historically important. We want people to really understand that so that they themselves can think about how they can help preserve that built environment. You know, we want an owner of a Tosi house, very important, of course, to really understand where it came from, what it is, how it is. And so we're doing these educational programs. I would say another example is that during 2022, we were fortunate enough to get some grant funding, both from SICA and from outside, to do a survey of the first of the Highlands, the East Highlands mm -hmm. subdivision, which was built beginning in the middle 1950s. And so we've now got a record of how many of those houses remain. We took pictures and we will be teaching people through publishing that survey, uh, you know, how important these things are from the middle of the century. Okay, okay. And when you talk about your members, say a little more on that. Well, we have about 50, mem about 50 households as members. Okay. Um, and some of them are people who've been with us since the very, very beginning and others are, you know, we're fortunate enough to get new members, but of course we'd like to grow that membership. For sure. Because the more we can get members educated and involved, the more things we can do to kind of raise awareness. Okay, and so you're trying to really sort of put it into the bedrock of, of how people think about yep. things as opposed to, as you said, not, not a fire drill over a particular building. Right. Yep. Yeah. Joe, say a little bit about how, what you'd like the city of Naperville or those in Naperville to do to sort of support uh, the work that uh, Naperville Preservation Inc. is engaged in. Well, we want to, like I said, go from being pro or reactive to proactive, but it's also important to work with the city. And for example, one of the city's major goals the past several years has been affordable housing, uh, housing for people who aren't wealthy. And we think that one of the ways that that could be encouraged is through reusing old buildings. If you, uh, our first house in Naperville was a, in the East Highlands, a, a 50s ranch of about 1,000 square feet. And when we kept having kids, we needed a bigger house. But those kids are now gone. <laughs> um, and it'd be nice to have a ranch house. But most of the ranches have been demolished. So that's one of our goals. And also, we think it's important to include carrots, in other words, encouragement. Right now, we have one historic district, and the reason we only have one, I think, is that we have rules, regulations, but we don't have incentives. Um, and it's got to make sense for people. And if there's a public purpose to historic preservation, it makes sense for the pu for 
the city to be involved in it. So it's also important to note that incentives doesn't just mean money. It also means honoring, uh, doing an award program, honoring mm -hmm. folks who have done real good work. Um, the Rubin family just redid a, a building downtown on mm -hmm. Main Street, right next door to where my office was for several years. And I, I didn't even know about it until it had happened. So let's celebrate success. That's nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't even know it changed and you were right there. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for coming by and sharing information about Preservation Inc. We really appreciate it. We hope you'll join us. We'd like to have everyone come and join our organization. Please take a look at our website, NaperviллePreservation.org, and please come and join us. Thank you. And if you are interested, as Jane just mentioned, in learning more about Naperville Preservation, Inc., please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Busey Bank is proud to partner in building business and growing wealth since 1868. We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Be a Naperville Crime Stopper. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Renette, and joining me now from Giving DuPage is Paul Fife. Welcome to the show, Paul. Well, thank you for having me. I love talking about this organization. Uh, it's truly changed the trajectory of my life, my professional life. So um, thank you for the opportunity to say a few words about it. Okay. Well, I think you should just follow that up and say more. Oh, you're not going to leave that yeah, dangling there? No, no, I'm not going to leave that dangling. <laughs> How has it changed your life and, well, and kind of what does Giving DuPage do? Yeah, you know, I got started in volunteerism and giving late in life. I mean, other than the Boy Scouts and church growing up, it really wasn't until my mid-40s until I really got the volunteer bug, and that was thanks to Giving DuPage. Um, I was involved in a chamber. They were involved in the chamber as well, and they wanted somebody for their marketing committee, and it kind of started from there and snowballed. So, yeah, Giving DuPage, is, you could say, changed my, my life for the better. Um, they've been around. I mean, it's not a new organization that's, just started up. Uh, it's been around for 22 years. Um, started in 2001 by two philanthropists. At the time, they called it the DuPage Philanthropy Association. Okay. And they just thought that people in DuPage County probably don't know about all the volunteer opportunities that are around. And if they are, where are they? So to come to one portal, one area, and find the opportunities that might suit them, that was the mission. So if you were looking for a volunteer opportunity in DuPage County, Giving DuPage should be your first stop. Okay. And that was okay. Mission. And I think that is that idea of one-stop shop, right? It makes it easier. It's a convenience then. There's not another hurdle for me to have to go do a lot of research. You've already done it for us. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, now, obviously, you talk a little bit, and it, you got the bug for volunteerism, and I know you do it with your business as well. But does Giving DuPage also help the not-for-profits? They do. It's two sides of the same coin. For the, for the volunteer, there's the portal which is online and you know we have over 400 organizations in DuPage County that are on that portal and you can filter volunteer opportunities by location or by skill or even just like whether you want to do something with animals or people with mental or physical challenges or seniors it's all filterable and sortable so there's 400 and some odd organizations there's over a thousand 
volunteer opportunities just on that portal. I would say it's even more because some of those volunteer opportunities have multiple requirements, you know, multiple volunteers. Um, last year alone, I mean, if you want to take a guess, how many volunteers we connected to those opportunities? No, you tell me. Over I'm terrible a, at guessing games. Over so a thousand. Okay, so that's amazing. You do the math, carry the one, it's like one every eight hours, so three a day. Okay. So that's pretty significant accomplishment in the last uh, 22 years, and that was all last year. Um, and then to speak to the other side of the coin, you know, how do we help the nonprofit organizations um, with capacity building and capacity planning? There's a couple things that we do. One is we provide classes and training through the Executive Director Network. Okay, say a little bit more about that, because I think a lot of people don't know about that. Yeah, well, I mean, executive directors are unsung heroes. I've never met one that had 40 balls being juggled in the air, and I'm always amazed at how much they are able to get done with so little. Um, and it just makes sense for them to be able to talk to each other and have a network where they could share best practices, tips, traps. And so that's what that network does. Okay. Um, and then there's classes and training. Um, surrounding governance or other ish, nonprofit issues, and that's in partnership with uh, Northwestern Illinois, or Northern Illinois University, NIU. Okay. Um, and so those classes take place. Um, then, of course, we want to help them recognize their volunteers. They're truly great volunteers, so we do that through uh, Volapalooza. Um, you know, there's Lollapalooza for the Chicago <laughs> Music Festival. This is Lollapalooza. Ah, slightly different animal. <laughs> okay, well, it's not a festival. <laughs> but um, you can't go there for the three hours in the morning for a breakfast and not feel good about all the work that's being done and, and the great work that these volunteers are doing. So that's always inspirational. And then finally, the cherry on top is the fact that we help nonprofits fundraise. And it started with a race to help nonprofits who really couldn't they didn't have the resources to put something like that together to okay. do a, a gala or your golf outing. Um, but it's morphed into a day of giving where even the bigger nonprofits are using it to augment their fundraising income. So it's that day of giving has turned into five days of giving. It's in the beginning of May, and we've raised close to a million dollars in the last three years alone. That's a, that's a lot of cash. It's a lot of cash that helps a lot of nonprofits, which in turn helps a lot of their beneficiaries, for sure. Yeah, because I think, you know, and you sort of captured this uh, in what you were saying, capacity is always an issue, right? Yeah. It's not, there's not the lack of mission, but it's the capacity to find a way to fund the mission or find the volunteers or all of that. And it sounds like that's a big part of what you're trying to accomplish at Giving to Page Absolutely. is adding capacity. It's definitely become part of our mission over the last five to ten years. Okay, okay. Um, talk a little bit, if you would, I mean, you talked about kind of that uh, accomplishment, but talk a little bit about where the organization is going into the future. Into the future, well, um, it's, it's really a blue sky right now. Um, we are in a, a national, well, not a national, but in a, in a regional search for an executive director. Okay. Um, but right now we have a working board that's trying to keep the programs in place and um, currently the largest fundraiser of the year to help all of these other nonprofits is over 95 I believe that are signed up that are going to be uh, great beneficiaries of this influx of cash that is much needed in our community um, and then um, setting up the next executive director for success so in the meantime our board's going to work hard to make sure our programs stay in place and that um, and we're able to continue building capacity for its nonprofit partners for sure. Okay, and you, I, and I think, Paul, you've mentioned this before, you have a pretty diverse uh, board with a lot of different skills. I yeah. mean, that's been something you've worked on a lot, right? 
deepening the bench, deepening the skill set, and it's something that every board should do, right? And we follow that same practice, making sure that we have somebody who can handle bookkeeping and marketing and legal and accounting and, and so forth. And, and just good stewards, community stewards who have connections, who um, are not afraid to ask for money or not afraid to ask for help sharing their time, treasures, and talents. And, and any board should be uh, willing to step up and do that, and we certainly are no exception. Okay. And one last thing, um, just in talking a little bit, I mean, it's uh, giving to page. So there's a county element to that. So mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the relationship that you have with the county. Yeah, it's, a, it's just like public-private partnership. We get a lot of resources and money from the county, so we're very thankful for that partnership. Um, it started way from the very beginning, and uh, they provide money for staffing. They provide resources for IT and the website, um, office space. Um, the good news there is that as we get donations as an organization, it goes towards the mission and not towards administrative fees or, or whatnot. And, and we're just lucky enough to have the county support but that also resources. really speaks to the county's priority for that, right? It does. It's, it's actually uh, managed by the community services department in yeah. the county. And, um, and they've, they've placed a priority on volunteerism. And, well, I mean, look at the economy, right? So our, our business sector and our, our philanthropy sector and the nonprofit organizations rely on volunteers for, for a certain degree. So... While volunteerism in general has kind of gone down since the pandemic, um, when the organization started, volunteerism was definitely needed. That's why it was our mission to promote volunteerism and giving. Now the need is just as great after the pandemic. So um, the county recognizes that, and we're grateful for their support. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful because, I mean, I think in so many ways, none of, I won't say none, many of the non-for-profits that we have today would not have been able to get where they're going without the heart and the effort of the volunteers. I mean, it just wouldn't have been possible. Definitely one of the unsung heroes, for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming by and sharing a little bit more. And I'm thank sure you. you'll tell My us pleasure. when you have your new executive director in place. I'll be back. Thank okay, you. awesome. And to find out more about Giving DuPage, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back. Growing your family, opening your own business, Retiring to travel, leaving your legacy. At Busey Bank, we know there's a lot to look forward to and a lot of planning along the way. Celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from Community Access Naperville, or CAN for short, is Taisha Cannon. Welcome to the show, Taisha. Thank you. It's good to have you here. And I'd like you to start off by telling me a little bit about how you got involved with CAN. Well, I got involved with CAN through a client of mine that I do respite work for. Okay. She actually knows several of the parents that are on the board for CAN. And she thought, 
can would be a good fit for me, considering I've been in the field for over 25 years working with individuals with intellectual developmental disabilities. She thought can would be a good fit for me. And she was right. And she was right. She was right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me a little bit more. I mean, there are uh, quite a few organizations in the larger Naperville area that do similar things to what CAN does. But tell me in your own words, what makes CAN unique? To me, what makes CAN unique is it gives individuals purpose. We are community-based. We're integrated fully in the community. We spend most of our time out in the community. Um, and we are working with peers that are the same age as a lot of our participants. So that's what makes it unique. Okay. And so give, give me an example of kind of what you would do. How, how are you working with CAN? I'm working with CAN being the program leader. So what that entails is we start our day out at CAN. And we start with a work task, just like anybody else, any other adult, you start your day with work. So our participants are working, whether that be um, on-site or off-site. We may go to some of our partners that we partner with, and our participants work there. They may volunteer, like at food pantries or things of that sort. Um, after we do our work task, we normally will go to lunch in the community, and that looks like a lot of our restaurants know us. So when we come in, they know us by our bright green shirts. <laughs> they know our participants by name. They even know what they want to order down to if they want Coke, no ice. And so uh, that's always a cool part of our day because we're in the community so much that we'll do recreational activities after lunch. That may look like the library or the Naperville River Walk or um, we may take a trail walk. We do a lot of uh, recreational things. Um, so that's what a day would look like with CAN. Then we'll come back and we'll say our goodbyes and we'll part ways. Okay. Now talk a little bit about your participants. Give us a little bit of an idea of who participates in CAN. Uh, the majority, I would say, of our participants um, have autism. Um, some may have other disabilities. Um, they may have some that are nonverbal, some that use devices, some that may need just a little more support um, in, in the community setting or in a work setting. Um, usually they're about 22 to about 30 years of age. Normally our participants are coming out of high school and so there's that stage of what to do now. So yes. it's a day program that provides that type of support um, that gives our participants pur purpose dignity and respect um, out in the community. Tasha, so that's, I mean, you're out in the community a lot. Um, and I would imagine, um, particularly as you talked about with many of these young adults, they've come out of high school, maybe they were feeling a little bit more isolated. How, how are you creating those peer interactions and those relationships? Well, one way we do that is we work with Aurora University with their intern program. We have interns majoring in psychology or social works they may come and work with our participants and that provides them the opportunity to see if this is the actual field that they wanna get into, as well as give our participants the chance to work with their actual peer age group. As well as um, we have like several participants that interact um, very socially. So that may look like having a whole conversation about how their weekend was or what they're doing after can or some of our participants actually hold jobs and they tell us about that. And so they talk amongst each other. So that interaction is very important. It's a very good social skill to have. 
for uh, our individuals. Okay. So, I mean, and, and that I would imagine, uh, that's a huge part for all of us, right, is exactly. getting those social skills. I mean, exactly. you know, anytime you're trying to get a job or, or just functioning community, you've got to have some of those social skills. So I would imagine that's good. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So now, um, one of the things I wanted to know about is how can the community get involved with CAN? I'm glad you asked. No. <laughs> uh, you can go to our website. We do a lot of, um, we have an upcoming fundraiser, which is actually September 28th. It's our fall fundraiser, and that's with Naperville Country Club. Okay. And we also have Giving Tuesday. That's going to be November 28th. You can donate online. We also sell our canned crayons that our participants make. You can buy those online as okay. well. That's fun. Yes. <laughs> I like that. And if you know of any restaurants or nonprofit organizations that want to partner with us for us to come out and help volunteer or provide services at their restaurants, we do a lot of um, going out during our lunchtime. So we would that's another way to get involved. Okay. So um, I, I want to just follow up on that. So part of, you know, and you talked about starting your day with work, right? Mm -hmm. So is that kind of, that might be an opportunity for a business or like you said, a not-for-profit to get engaged to have a, a work experience. Is that right? Correct. Correct. So if a business wants to get in touch with us and maybe they have like a task that they need done or something like that, our participants can come out and we could give some service. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good opportunity. I mean, you, you I, and again, you get out, you get that you social get out, interaction. Get that. Yeah. So talk a little bit as we wrap up, Tasha. Mm -hmm. you know, I, you obviously have a lot of joy that you bring to CAN. What for you do people really need to know? What I, makes it special? I would say the thing about CAN that makes it special is it gives me purpose, so I know it gives the participants purpose. And everybody wants to feel like they wake up each day with purpose. So our participants are able to get up and feel like, I'm going to work today. I'm going to be around my peers. I'm going to have socialization in the community. I'm going to sit and have a lunch break, mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about various things. We're going to go out recreational and enjoy the weather and whatever season it may be. Um, I think we provide that dignity and respect that a lot of individuals need. Um, and so that's what I would want somebody to take from CAN, that we provide purpose for our participants. So Tasha, thank you so much for coming by and sharing so much great information about Community Access Naperville. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for more information about CAN, please go and visit their website. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on this episode, please go and visit our website at nctv17.org. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.